Today is an important day. We know that it is Father's Day, but really more than just the designation of a day, more than just a holiday that we will celebrate, I want you to understand on this day that we have now approached Father's Day, it is a serious day in our culture. So we come to this morning, it is a serious day in our culture. Friends, understand we are in a crisis point when it comes to the state of the home today. Friends, I want you to be very sure on this Father's Day, we are, on, we are at a crisis point when it comes to the role of fathers today. In the Bible, when you read through the Bible, starting in the Old Testament, it talks about the plight of the fatherless. And if you start very early on and you move through the Bible, you're going to see that God makes provision for, and he talks about the plight of the fatherless, the orphan, those with no father. Well, in that culture, the culture of the day, if you were fatherless, if you were an orphan, it meant that you were cut off. It meant that you were uncared for. It meant that you were outside of the blessing of a home, outside the blessing of a family. Most likely, it meant that you would be destitute. You would not learn your father's trade, not your grandfather's trade. It meant that your future was hindered. Your future, honestly, was going to be limited. Your inheritance, if there ever was an inheritance, it was now lost. It does not exist. It meant that you would be preyed upon and mistreated in the culture. Understand, it was a bad thing. It was really a terrible thing to be fatherless. Well, I want us to see today Satan in his scheming, in his planning, and in his working today has robbed us of biblical fatherhood. I want you to hear that again. I want you to be very certain of that. Listen to what I'm saying. Satan in his scheming, in his planning, in his working, today in 2020, he has robbed us of biblical fatherhood. And the fruit of that is that we have raised a generation, and I'm going to say maybe a couple of generations, of spiritual, intellectual, and emotional orphans. And the result of that is what we see when we look around today. There is chaos in our world. There is chaos in our country. There is chaos in our churches. And yes, the result of that, there is chaos in our homes today. Folks, I, I would tell you, I think I've stressed over this sermon as much as any sermon that I've ever preached, but I want you to be very sure, and I want you to hear this very clearly on Father's Day 2020. Listen very carefully. We need a revival today of biblical fatherhood. We need a revival today of biblical fatherhood. We need today a generation of fathers that love Jesus Christ. And it's not a word and it's not a slogan, but it is the, the welling up the fruit of their heart. We need a generation of men that love Jesus Christ. We need a generation of men that are led by the very Spirit of God, that are directed by the Word of God, and that can stand against a culture, that can stand against the traps and the ploys of of Satan and be the men that God has called them to be. Listen, we need a revival of biblical fatherhood today. You want good news? It can happen. Listen, that's what I want to tell you today. It can 
happen. That's the good news. It can, listen, it can start today. Listen, it can start in this hour. You want good news? Listen to me. His plan still stands. You want good news? Listen, in his word, we still possess his plan. And in the filling of his spirit, we still have the empowerment for it. Listen, it can happen starting in this hour. My prayer is for dads and for men and for granddads to be living to the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need a revival of biblical fatherhood today. Our message today is entitled, The Man of the House is In. The Man of the House is In. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It is a verse that I've preached on a couple of times before. That's going to be okay. God brought me back here again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. The man of the house is in. I'm going to ask if, you've, if you would stay with me in the reverence of the reading of God's word. God's word says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Very simple. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I am thankful that in the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the forgiveness for our sin. I'm thankful that you took our shame, our, our shameful sin, and you carried it. You took it far away, and you, you paid the penalty for it. And in that act, we are forgiven. We become even the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the hope of a Savior, the hope of our salvation. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I, I pray as we begin to, to study today, I pray that you would speak. I know your word is relevant in this day. I know it's living and it's active And Lord, I pray that you would speak in this hour, Lord, not the interpretation of a man, but the word of God. Let it speak to our hearts and minds. Lord, I pray that in the hearing of this, that we would be shaped, that we would be convicted, we would be taught. Lord, I pray that in the hearing of your word, in the preaching of your gospel, if there's one that doesn't know you, that in this hour, they might put their faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we come and we just submit this to you. We tell you we do worship you. We love you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, we're going to jump very quickly in. First off, let me just tell you the starting place. I I said we need a revival of biblical fatherhood. That is what we need in our day. Well, I want to tell you the starting place is to go to the word of God. And we need, we need to hammer that out. We need to be certain of that. The starting place is to go to the Word of God, not to the experts. We have, we have an idea in our day where, you know what, if there's an issue in your family, if there's an issue in your marriage, that you're going to go to some expert somewhere and they're going to tell you what to do. Well, I want to tell you, we do not go first to the experts. Uh, my opinion is most of them are more messed up than we are anyway, but we're not going to go to the experts. We're not going to go to the culture. Our our world says, well, what is everybody else doing? Well, what are we trained to do? We're not going to go to the culture. We're not going to go to the world. We're not going to go to the traditions of men that has nothing to offer to us. We're not going to go anywhere, listen, but to the very word of God. So here's this. 
If you want to know how to be a godly dad, you're going to have to go to the Word of God. And you know what? There may be books that line up and fill up the bookstore, and there may be counselors ready to, to charge you $125 an hour, and there may be somebody that can say, you know what? I'm going to put you on this path. But I'll just tell you this. Save your money. Save your time. Save your breath. You go to the Word of God. Well, the ladies here, let me just tell you this. And I, I never want to preach a sermon that excludes half of the audience or more than half the audience most of the time. But ladies, if you want to know what to expect from a godly dad, then you go to the Word of God. If you want to know how to encourage a godly dad, then you go to the Word of God as well. And I'll just tell you this, and it's very important to me, young ladies, if you're thinking about somebody to marry and you want to know how they're going to operate in your home and the standard they're going to hold, you go to the Word of God. You go to the Word of God. And so listen, our source it's not going to be some worldly source. We've gotten our advice from everywhere but the Word of God. Listen, it is time to go back to the Word of God. Best advice you'll hear all day, there's some more good stuff coming, but it's this. In all things, you search out the Word of God. You search out the Word of God. All right, so let's do that. Going to our verses, starting in verse 4. Fathers, I'm going to read the entire verse, and then I'm going to come back and break it down piece by piece. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is the command. This is the teaching of God's word. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, let's go piece by piece. Starting off with the word fathers. Now, it's very telling, and I think it's very important for us to understand the word fathers. It is a Greek word that means one who imparts life and is committed to it. Now, do not miss the second half of that. It, it, it is one that imparts life, but also is committed to it. Another definition that I found is one that is in an intimate relationship and connection. And so the father, they're in an intimate relationship and connection. So I, I want us to see this just from the very first word. This is not one that produces offspring. Now, there's a lot of uh, guys like that. This is not one that produces offspring, but rather this is one that is committed intimately to that offspring. And so understand, just in the, in the biblical title there, we have our call as Christian dad. One of my favorite titles is daddy. One of the favorite things I like to hear is daddy. Um, I, I love my kids, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I've got the best kids ever. I'm sorry, y'all, but I do. I've got the best kids ever, and I love to hear them say Daddy. Sometimes it's a lot that they'll say it, but I love to hear them say the word daddy. Well, listen, my job in the very title that God has given me is to be intimately involved, intimately connected to my daughter and my two sons. And that, that is just in the title. Well, okay, father, okay, daddy, here are God's instructions. Now, the first thing we're going to see is a negative prohibition, something to not do. It says this, do not 
provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. Now, on a first pass, we might, we might take that too lightly, but we need to understand that is much bigger than just do not make your kids mad. I think some folks say, well, don't make your kids mad, and that's what Scripture says. Well, it's much bigger than that, and I'll just tell you what it's talking about is exactly what we're doing in our culture today. In the original language, in the original understanding, provoking your children to anger is a pattern and not an event. And so I, I want you to start to see how this makes a lot of sense. It's not this event that upset your kids. Well, you did this and you've made your kids mad. It is not an event, but rather it is a pattern. And it is a pattern that produces resentment in your kids. And so it's not, no, I told you we're not going to do that, and I've made you upset. It's not that. It is a pattern of life that grows, that builds resentment in your kids. It is this pattern that instills consternation in your kids, that puts hostility in your kids, that builds resentment in your kids. And so understand, this is fathers. Do not have a pattern of life that builds resentment in your kids. And God's command is do not do this. Do not do that. Have you seen kids lately? You know, it's one of the weird things with, with my wife being a teacher and, and watching over time. In not that many years, kids are a lot different. Have you noticed that? And we talk about, well, what, what kids were like when I was a kid. And somebody said, well, what kids were like and, and the pressures they faced and the things they saw and the things they dealt with. Have you noticed kids lately today as a whole, they, they are brewing inside over issues and they, and they come to school and you think, well, why can't they sit here and learn algebra? And you don't know what their dad has done, their mom has done, and what the neighbors have done. And you don't know what happened last night. And you don't know all these things. And they're overflowing with resentment. And they, and they try to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play video games and dole that out. Or I'm going to do alcohol or drugs and I'm going to dole that out. But you can see in their eyes there is a growing hostility in our kids today. Well, you know what produces that? A pattern of living. Well, it says, fathers, do not live with a pattern of life that you would build resentment into your kids. Now, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question, how would you do this? What kind of pattern would you have to have that it would provoke kids to anger, that it would provoke kids to resentment? How, how would you live to do this? Well, I'm going to tell you four ways and listen, these are for 2020. These are for this year, this Father's Day. Four ways you provoke resentment, you build hostility in your kids. Four ways. First way is this. Be absent. Be absent. I want you to listen and I want you to hear something. And the world is trying to find every way to excuse this. But I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. Kids need a dad. Well, you can replace this and you can do that. And sometimes this is better. No, kids need 
a dad. I want to tell you the secular studies, the studies of the world will confirm it. The greatest influence and the success, the potential success of a young child growing into adulthood is the presence of their dad in the home. Kids need a dad. And let me tell you something else while we're at it. And God's plan is for that dad to be married and committed to their mom. Kids need a dad. That's God's plan. Today, there's a growing number, and it's, it's, it's really growing so quickly, it's hard to count. But it's now fast approaching a majority of kids that are raised in a home without their dad. And that's what the statistics say. It's coming up on a majority of kids that are raised in a home without their dad. Today, 50%, I think it has tipped the scale to around 51% of kids that are born today are born to unwed parents. And I'll just tell you, you can excuse that however you want to, but statistics say most of the time, in a short while, that dad is going to take off, and the mom is going to have to do that by herself, and she'll do the best that she can do, but it puts those kids at a disadvantage. Listen to me today, there is no substitute for a dad. Studies show it, secular studies. Social scientists prove it. There is no substitute for a dad. Well, I want you to look how Satan's work today. I want you to look how we say, well, you know what, that's just normal. Well, it just didn't work out. We've gotten where we accept it. We think it's normal. Look at how Satan has lied. And I want you to see today how we have been robbed of biblical fatherhood. Second way to provoke kids to anger. Now, listen very carefully to this one. Some of you may say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the dad of the home. Listen to this one. Second way you provoke your kids to anger is be apathetic. Be apathetic. Men, let me tell you this. You do not have to be gone to be absent. And I'll just, I'll just be very honest with you. If you can be apathetic to your calling to be a dad, you will provoke resentment in your kids. You will provoke anger and you will produce trouble in your kids. If you will be apathetic to your calling to be a dad in your home, you will produce trouble in your kids. Well, here, here's what the world says. Here's what Satan says. Satan says, you know what? The dad, he's been working hard. He's the man of the home. He's macho. He ought to be worried about himself. The dad, you know what? He ought to be consumed with the things of the world. And we laugh at that. We wink at that. That is okay. That's normal. And the, and the world today carries an attitude that the man thinks as long as my kids are home and as long as my kids are fed, then my kids are fine. And the men today, you watch them very closely, they're consumed with their friends, they're consumed with the garbage on their phones, they're consumed with fishing and the deer blind and the golf course and all the garbage on Sports Center, and they know more about the second half of the Dallas Cowboys game than they do the two kids that are looking at their phones down the hall. And I'll just tell you, if you can be apathetic to your calling as a dad, you will provoke anger and hostility and resentment and trouble in your kids. You will brew trouble in your home. Go back to that definition. One who imparts life and is committed to it. Listen to that definition. Is in an intimate relationship connection with your kids. 
Our world says, well, the dad's in there drinking a bunch of Coors Light and he's got the game on. The kids are out doing something else. He doesn't know what they're doing. You know what, that, that woman in there, she'll take care of that. You know what, I've been working hard. I'm going to the golf course and I'll be back in four and a half hours and you take care of this stuff. You know what, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna stare at this phone and I'm gonna be entertained by that and I'm not gonna worry about what they've been doing and what they're thinking. And it's brewing in, and brewing in our kids hostility in their hearts. Now some of the men here are thinking, you know what, I don't need this. I know where I won't be next week. But let me tell you something, brother, your kids will pay and it will brew resentment and trouble in the hearts of your kids. You want to put trouble in their heart? Be absent. You want to put anger in their heart? Be apathetic. That brings us to the third one. This might be the most unpopular sermon I've ever preached. Third way you brew resentment, you provoke hostility in your kids is this. Be angry. Now, I'll just tell you, we, don't, we might not think much about this one, but I'll just tell you, it's very big. Be angry. You want to you breed hostility in the hearts of your kids, be angry. And I, I watch, and I see dads, and listen, man, I understand being stressed out. I understand it's hard. I understand there's issues to deal with. Yes, it's hard. I understand that. But I, I watch dads today, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's some culture thing. Maybe it's some macho thing. Maybe it's a response to let everybody know where you stand. But I watch dads today and they are angry. They're mad. They're angry. They're angry at their wife. She's not all I thought she would be and she hadn't turned out like I thought she'd be. And they're mad at their wife. They're angry at their situation and it hasn't turned out the way I thought and I put in all these years and I thought it was going to turn this way and I deserve better than these things. And they're mad at their situation and they're angry at their job, and they're angry at their boss, and they're angry at the money that they make, and they're angry at the, at, the, at the neighbors down the street, and then they come home, and they're angry at those kids, and it's never good enough with those kids, and you left your stuff out, and we're exasperated with the kids, and they put their fury, their anger on those kids, and these men walk around, and they're angry, they're angry. Let me tell you a true story. This happened yesterday. If this guy hears about it, that's fine. It's been dry, what, about a month, a little over a month? It's been dry. We had a three-inch rain, not before last. And I went to a place, and there's some guys gathered there. Rained three inches, not before. It's kind of cloudy and misty in that morning. And somebody said, wow, it rained three inches in my house. And this guy said, yeah, but I wish it was spaced out a little better. Brother, let me tell you something, and you better listen very carefully. Anger builds anger. Do you understand that? Anger breeds hostility. And let me tell you something, friend, you want to go around and you're foul and you're mad and you're upset with all the things of life and there's no laughter in your home and there's no joy in your countenance and it's all doom and gloom and it's all bad and it's all the things that aren't working out and it's taking a form of anger. I want to tell you something, brother, you're going to build in those kids. You're going to sow in those kids, kids full of rage and kids full of dis disappointment and kids that are depressed and kids that have anxiety issues. And the Bible says the crop that you sow, it'll 
it'll be a hundredfold. Listen, brother, if you're angry in your home, you're gonna produce angry kids. You be angry then. You can be absent, be apathetic, or be angry. Here's the fourth one. How do you provoke anger in your kids? Here's the fourth one. Be artificial. Be artificial. And I'll just tell you, listen to very carefully. For the cause of Christ and for their faith in Jesus Christ, this one is the most damaging. I want us to know, and this goes for all of us, your kids are listening. Four-year-olds, two-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 17-year-olds, your kids are listening. They're watching. And they're watching when you come to church. And they're watching that at certain times you claim Christ as your Savior. And they're watching how sometimes you carry a Bible around. They're watching as you profess your faith. But you also better know they're watching and they're listening. And they're watching as you watch your TV shows. And they're watching the scenes that come on the the TV screen that don't cause you to flinch. They're listening to the words that fly off that screen that you have no response to. They're watching the language that you use when you're happy, the language that you use when you're mad and upset. They're listening to that. They're watching how you treat people. And I'll just tell you the, the most important place they're watching how you treat people in your home. And they're watching how you talk about their mom and how you deal with their mom and if you're kind or not to your wife. If you serve your wife as Christ served the church, they're watching that. They're seeing that. They watch and they listen to the way that you talk to and treat others. They listen to the jokes you tell when you're on your phone, when you're in your pickup. They see, they hear those things. And listen to me, the one thing that can't add up is an artificial walk with Jesus Christ. It doesn't make any sense to them. They hear the truth of a Savior, of a Redeemer. They hear of a hope that's eternal. And then they watch your life. And an artificial walk with Jesus Christ doesn't make sense. I believe the major reason, some folks will say, well, it's apologetics, it's this, it's that, and it's, it's, a, it's all these different things. I'm gonna tell you, I believe the major reason that the majority of our young people are leaving the faith after they leave home, and listen to me, that's not, a, that's not a, 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 just a made-up thing. Those are the statistics. The majority of our young people are walking away from their faith in Jesus Christ after they leave our homes. I believe the major impact, the most influential thing is the fact that they have seen an artificial walk with Christ and they've watched their mom and their dad profess things and it has made no impact in their home. Man, we talked about Jesus. Man, we went to church sometimes. Man, my daddy, he served on two committees. But it made no impact in our home. And they have no use for it. Very simply, they heard one thing over here and they saw and they heard something else over here. And they had no use for an artificial walk with Jesus Christ. The fourth way you provoke anger and resentment in your kids is you be artificial. What a mess. I, I don't know, when I, when I finished that section, I thought, you know what? That just described our day, hasn't it? 50% of our dads aren't even home. Other ones are all apathetic, worried about something else, driven by something else. 
We've got artificial walls with Christ. We claim one thing, but it doesn't change the thing in our home. Isn't that our life? We're brewing over in anger. God says, listen, do not do those things. Do not do those things. But he doesn't leave it there. He says this, but, and now he's going to tell us what to do. That's the negative command. Don't do those things. They're going to put that into your home. But now do these things. All right, we're going to continue on. It says this. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But bring them up. Now, I want you to listen. Man, it's amazing how important each word is here. But bring them up. That's actually two Greek words, and they mean to nourish to feed, to bring to maturity. That's what the two Greek words mean. Bring them up, to feed them, to bring them to maturity. Listen very carefully. Father, your job ordained by God is to raise your kids. That's what the verse says. Your job ordained by God is to raise your kids. That is your duty, dad. That is your responsibility. That is your job. From the time they draw their first breath until they reach maturity, you are in the role, you are given the role of the one that raises your kids. That is your job. What if I've got other stuff to do? What if I'm busy at work? What if I'm trying to make a living? What if that's not the things that I like to do? What if I'm not built like that? Sorry, listen, the command of Scripture is you raise those kids. That's why you can't be absent. That's why you can't be apathetic. That's why you can't be artificial. Then it explains how, all right? Raise your kids, that's your job. Then it explains how. Now, before we go on, I'm going to go ahead and I want to say this. I've been saying a lot of things. I'll say something else. There is a common thought. There's a book, named, book titled this, but there's a common thought that it takes a village to raise our kids. Y'all ever heard that? It takes a village to raise our kids. That sounds like a pretty neat idea. We'll all chip in. We'll all do our part. And man, we'll all raise these kids. It takes a village to rear our kids. Well, let me just be clear in something right here. I'm going to tell you. The school will not raise my kids. The coach will not raise my kids. I see people say, well, the coach raised my kids. Shame on you. The counselor will not raise my kids. Let me tell you something else. The church, don't bring them up here and drop them off. The church will not raise my kids. The preacher will not raise my kids. The neighborhood, they're not going to raise my kids. The grandparents, they're not going to raise my kids. But you listen to me in the command of God, me, the dad of my home, I'm going to raise my kids to maturity. And you put it on me, brother, I will raise my kids. We got in this deal, you know what, somebody else will do it. You know what, most likely their thoughts are garbage. Most likely the things they're going to put in aren't the things that God will put in, the things that I'm instructed to put in. Men, it is your job to raise your kids. All right, I'll just throw that in. Next it says how. It tells us how. Raise up your kids 
in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Oh, that's, that's good. We better hear that again. Listen very carefully. Raise them up. Raise up your kids. Bring them to maturity in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here's where we're going wrong. Raise up your kids in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Discipline. The word means, go back to the original language, the guiding, the teaching, and the training. Now, listen, we do discipline our kids. Sometimes we think about taking off a belt. Listen, that sometimes is needed. Oftentimes that's needed, but that's not the, the entirety of that word. It's a bigger process. It is the guiding, the teaching, the training, and instruction. Another translation says admonition, the admonition of the Lord. Listen to this. The instruction, this means in the original language, the setting of their mind. This is huge. The shaping of their mind. Do you see why you can't be absent? Do you see why you can't be apathetic? Do you can't see why you can't be content to let them stare at a phone all day? Your job is the shaping, the setting of their mind. And the Bible says in the counsel, in the, in the truth, in the directing of the Lord. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here is where we're going wrong. Dads, fathers, get this. Listen very carefully. This may be the most important thing I say. I thought that other deal was, but this may be it. Dads, get this. Fathers, get this. Ladies, get this. The primary place for the teaching of God's truth, the primary place for the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ the primary place for the teaching of a Savior who loves and redeems, the primary place of the teaching of the Word of God, which will always stand, the primary place, listen to me, is in the home. And then you hear the second part of that, and the primary teacher of that home is to be the dad. Listen, dad, you're to teach the truth of the gospel. Listen, dad, you're to lead your kids to Jesus Christ. Listen, dad, you're to tell them that God's word is true, that it's valid, that it's relevant in our day. You're the one that's supposed to shape their mind, not somebody else. That is your job, dad. And that's God's plan, and that's what God intends, and that's what God will bless. And then I want you to see how this makes sense now. And that, friend, is why Satan has attacked our men, how Satan has attacked our culture. That is why he's led us to think it's normal to be absent, and it's fine if they're gone. That's why he's led us to think it's normal if we're apathetic and if we're not paying attention. And I want you to hear me. Our kids are hurting today. They're being tossed all around today. And Satan has come for our kids today. And in 2020, our dads have gone missing. God, forgive us. God, work in our men. God, work in their hearts. Dear men, listen to me. It's time to stand up. Here's the good news again. It can start today. This isn't about just, about just beating people up. It can start today. Listen Whatever your age, wherever you find yourself, it can start today. Listen to me. God is gracious. Do you understand that? He is gracious. 
Look at the words of the songs we, just, we were just singing. He forgives. He restores. Listen, if we've gotten off track, he'll forgive us. But more than that, he'll renew us. He'll restore us. More than that, his truth still stands. His truth is still given to us. More than that, his, his power inside of us will still, it's not too far gone, will still empower us. Listen, men, let it start today. If you haven't been the dad that you ought to have been, let me tell you your answer right now. Turn to Jesus. I try to make a list of things you ought to do. All I can come up with is turn to Jesus. You know what he'll do? He'll forgive you. You know what he'll do? He'll, he'll, he'll cleanse you. You know what he'll do? He'll refocus you. You know what he'll do? He'll empower you. You know what he'll do through his word? He'll instruct you. Listen, if you're sitting here today and you haven't been the dad that you ought to have been, and maybe you've gotten to the point you're a granddad now and maybe those years are gone. Listen, I don't care what age you are. If you've gotten to a place that you haven't been the dad that you've ought to be, and your answer is to turn to Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here, friend, and you've never trusted Jesus for your salvation. And maybe you've tried to fake it or act like it, or maybe you got carried along in the flow of a current, but there's never been a point that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, your hope is to turn to Jesus. Trust Jesus. If you're here and you are a follower of Christ, but you haven't been the dad that you ought to have been, listen, your answer is to turn to Jesus. And if you're here today and this is Father's Day, and you're sitting here and you didn't have the dad that you'd like to have had. Now listen, I run into people and they say, man, my dad and the things I had of my dad, they're priceless. But you know what? That's not everybody's story. Maybe you're here and you didn't have a dad. Or maybe you're here and the dad you have is one of these guys. Maybe you're here and the dad you had didn't, didn't lead you to Jesus Christ and you're sitting here and your, your heart hurts and that's a real thing and you're sad today as you think about, you know what, I didn't have a dad like that. Well, let me tell you what your answer is today. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. You know what he'll do? He'll forgive and he'll give you the ability to forgive. You know what? He'll show you unconditional love that won't leave, that won't run off, that won't be gone, that cares for you. And you know what? He'll be able to give you the forgiveness in your heart to forgive the one that didn't do those things. You turn to Jesus. Maybe you're here, and because of those things, you've had a resentment, and you haven't been able to trust him for your salvation. And maybe you're here, and you're outside of a relationship with Christ. I want to tell you the starting place for all of us. Turn to Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Redeemer. Turn to Jesus. Here's the good news. Father's Day 2020, it could start right here. It could start right here. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And Lord, we, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for hope. We're thankful for peace. We're thankful for your word that instructs. We're thankful for Christ. We're thankful for the cross. We're thankful for forgiveness. Lord, I'm thankful that as we all come, every person here, and we've fallen short, all of us here, we've messed it up. We've sinned, and the sin was shameful, all of us. I'm thankful that in you, we're washed whiter than snow. I'm thankful that you pay it all on the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful that in grace, you offer it to us by faith. Lord, I pray that some on Father's Day 2020 would take a load off. Some would set down the guilt and the pain, the unforgiveness, 
They would turn to you and trust you in, in salvation. Lord, I pray for us here that have, that have trusted you, but maybe we haven't walked it out fully. I, I pray that in the conviction and the leading of your word, we would walk in obedience and faith. And Lord, I pray for dads here today. I pray for dads that don't know you, that today they would turn to you, Lord, the greatest thing that could happen. Lord, I pray for dads here that have, that have given their job to somebody else. They've become distracted. Whatever reason, they've not carried their job. Lord, renew them today. Let them walk out of here with a new resolve today. Let them walk out of here with a new heart today. Let them care for their wife. Let them care for their kids in a, in a model that will point to Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, I pray that the result wouldn't be just for us, wouldn't be comfort, but it would be a testimony to a heavenly Father that is good and kind and gracious and loving. The sin is only begotten Son that sinners such as us, each of us, we could be saved. Lord, let it be a testimony to you. We give this day to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.